reading this morning is from Genesis 33, 1 through 17. Esau coming, accompanied by 400 men. He divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maids, putting the maids and their children first, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. He himself went on ahead and bowed low to the ground seven times until he was near his brother. Esau ran to greet him. He embraced him and found his neck, he kissed him, and they wept. Looking about, he saw the women and the children. Who, he asked, are these with you? He answered, the children with whom God has favored your servant. Then the maids with their children came forward and bowed low. Next, Leah with her children came forward and bowed low. And last, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed low. And he asked, what do you mean by all this company which I have met? He answered, to gain my Lord's favor. Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Let what you have remain yours. But Jacob said, no, I pray you, if you would do me this favor, this gift, for to see your face is like seeing the face of God, and you have received me favorably. Please accept my present which has been brought to you, for God has favored me, and I have plenty. And when he urged him, he accepted. And Esau said, let us start on our journey, and I will proceed at your pace. But he said to him, my Lord knows that the children are frail and that the flocks and herds which are nursing are a care to me. If they are driven hard a single day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord go on ahead of his servant while I travel slowly at the pace of the cattle before me and at the pace of the children until I come to my Lord in Seir. Then Esau said, me assign to you some of the men who are with me. But he said, Oh no, my Lord is too kind to me. So Esau started back that day on his way to Seir. But Jacob journeyed on, the, on to Succoth and built a house for himself and made stalls for his cattle. That is why the place was called Succoth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. me in prayer. O Lord, may the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm curious how many of you have siblings. So it can uh, when I was little, about five years old or so, I started praying to God uh, to have a brother or a sister. Um, I was only, it was only until I was about seven, not quite eight, um, <clears throat> and I, uh, until I had 
my, until my brother was born. And I don't know that there was a single night that I missed um, asking God for a sibling. I didn't do it uh, for um, emotional manipulation, <laughs> but I'm sure my parents probably thought, uh, <laughs> thought otherwise. Uh, <laughs> of course, um, for five year-old me, I was expecting that my siblings would be um, really like closer to my age when they were born, somehow. I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how I thought that would work, but I was sure that I'd have an instant playmate. Um, didn't, didn't work out that way, obviously, um, but um, my uh, brother, because my brother's eight years younger than me and my sister's 10 years younger than me, um, and so I often felt like a third parent rather than an older sibling, um, having to do a lot of the <laughs> duties of taking care of you know, my kids' siblings. Um, as it turns out though, my siblings and I really enjoy hanging out with each other now, so I guess I played the long game really well. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you who uh, have siblings, I'm sure that there are always, uh, that things are always peachy. Things are always great, right? You never, never fight, you never get in arguments, you never have harsh words, um, you never annoy each other, frustrate one another. I'm sure you all are perfect. Unfortunately, unfortunately, my siblings and I have not been so blessed. Um, what we do, however, is take time to make amends and stay in a relationship, even if we have harsh words to, uh, to one another uh, or blame everything on Carl. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we take time to uh, make sure that things are good in the end. Um, we don't sever our relationships because we're angry or at each other or upset, and we recognize that our relationships are more important than brief moments of uh, frustration. What this requires, though, is hard work. It's not easy being in relationship with someone who you're so close to. Those things take... Uh, and it requires restoration. Restoring those relationships, restoring feelings of safety and love, we do this because this is what we are called to do as a movement for wholeness. We do this because this is what a response to grace looks like. Lives are transformed in the giving of gifts. I like to think that our worship service on Sunday morning um, are times when we might see a glimpse of the beloved community, a time when we give for the building up of the community, um, yes, through our gifts, which are deeply needed, uh, especially right now, <laughs> uh, if we wish to remain a community. Uh, we lift up songs that we can carry through uh, the week, can become those, earwor uh, those um, earworms to uh, just get us there and uh, help us in, in those tough times. I know I'm thinking of uh, spirit often. <laughs> Um, and, um, and we also learn new ways of praying to help shape our spirituality for weeks and months to come. I know I've learned a lot from my uh, uh, Sunday off
from preaching when Tiffany has led uh, prayer uh, lessons um, instead of instead of hearing me chat. Uh, <laughs> and um, the passing in the passing of the peace, we learn to forgive and be at peace with each other, so that we can be a community and so that we can truly. Uh, when it comes time for communion, we can look at that uh, root word of communion. We can um, understand that it means to be together um, for fellowship. Um, the passing of the peace is an ancient practice, and it's not simply a time for fellowship, um, as sacred as fellowship is. And, and fellowship is so important. Um, it's a time to settle grievances and find restoration with one another. So if you're upset with me, let me know during pe uh, passing of the peace. It's okay. We can take a moment to, to, to get that worked out. Uh, if you're upset with someone else, um, please take the time to make sure that you're good with them as well. Um, and if you're worried that someone is upset with you, that's also a good time to say, hey, are we good? <laughs> because... Um, it's really hard to come to communion without having that peace in the community. So, in years past, in many Christian traditions, uh, church leaders would visit with members of congregations prior to taking communion to make certain that the membership had no issues with one another and would that would cause conflict in taking communion together. True to the root word of communion, in, uh, communal, uh, meaning... Fellowship, uh, mutual participation, or sharing. If there was a conflict, then those church leaders would help to arrange a time and place for the aggrieved parties to sit down with each other and iron things out um, ahead of taking communion. As time went on, that practice has primarily been done away with in a lot of traditions and most traditions. Um, and yet, we still have the opportunity to make peace with one another. We can do that during the passing of the peace, as described, or we can do that before the service begins. Uh, but ultimately, it's important for us to restore our relationships uh, with one another before we try to have really a relationship with God. God wants us to be in communion with each other before we're in communion with God, uh, because we are each bearing the image of God. And so if you're trying to be in relationship with God and you're not in relationship with the image of God, kind of hard, <laughs> kind of hard. Um, so in today's scripture, Jacob has sent gift after gift to his brother Esau. Some background information, if you're unfamiliar with the story of uh, Jacob and Esau, Esau is the older brother. He sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup when he was really hungry. Uh, then, to make certain that Jacob got the birthright, their mother, Rebecca, helped Jacob trick his father, Isaac, into giving him the birthright and blessing, uh, basically putting on furry things to make him um, seem hairy like his brother Esau. Um, Jacob then was in fear of being killed by his brother Esau, so he ran from his homeland. And here, Jacob is trying to make right with his brother Esau by sending gifts. Now, the really interesting thing here is that the Hebrew word for present in Genesis 
3411, there's number, numerous words for pre unpresent or gift, but the specific one that's used here is bracha, which is, um, means blessing as well. So a present is also a blessing. Uh, so in a manner, Jacob is trying to give his blessing to his brother Esau for the blessing that he tried to steal uh, or did steal. It is a blessing to give our one another. It is a blessing to seek reconciliation when we have wronged each other. Prior to this meeting, Jacob wrestles with a divine being. The Common English Bible says God, and some translations say angel, um, but the closest to the Hebrew is divine being. And from that moment, Jacob ceases to be Jacob and is instead named Israel. So Israel, who has rightfully been told that he has wrestled with humans and divine beings, likely is probably, I imagine, is wrestling with himself. Probably having some guilt. Often I have found that when we need to do something important, when we are considering the gifts that we give and the reconciliation that we need, we wrestle with ourselves. We hem and we haw and we say, well, I gave this much last week or I gave this much last year or I have these other things that I need to do. And we wrestle and that's okay. That's a sacred, sacred thing. It's a, sacred to wrestle with yourself. It's sacred to wrestle with God. It's okay to yell at God. Uh, those, are, those are holy times because then we are actually trying to be in community. We're trying to be in community with each other even when we have arguments because we care enough to have that argument. And we, tr we are trying to be in community with God even when we're yelling at God even when we're wrestling with God, because we care enough about God to have those emotions, to have that back and forth. I imagine that Jacob, or rather Israel, uh, was wrestling with himself in a similar manner. Can he afford to send these gifts, many gifts to his brother Esau? What happens if he doesn't get what he wants out of Esau, even with the many gifts that he offers? Will there be reconciliation? Will his brother and his 400 men, his brother's 400 men, just wipe him out? Yet his brother Esau sees Jacob, and having forgiven him already, Esau comes and embraces Jacob, and they weep. I can imagine that they wept because of the separation that he and his brother and their descendants had, and due to the loss of many years between the brothers, I can imagine that some of it must have been frustration that they had not resolved things before. But I think most of all, there was probably some joy in those tears. While Esau is convinced by Jacob to take, does tell Jacob that he should keep what is his because Esau already has plenty. That way, uh, the way that Jacob convinces Esau to keep what is his is by that to see him, to see, for Jacob to see Esau, 
is a gift. It is like seeing the face of God. And Jacob has some experience with seeing divine beings. For Jacob, giving to someone deeply loves is a gift in itself. As we consider the cross-section between money and reconciliation, I think it's difficult not to be reminded of reparations and how that might look in this world, in this time. So reparations can be made to people who are descendants of slaves and also to the descendants of those who land has been taken from. And the secondary thing is a thing that uh, in Portland we've been doing a lot of. Uh, we've been doing a lot of consideration around and trying to have deeper relationships with indigenous people. That's one of the things that uh, leadership is uh, and welcoming committee is uh, wanting to bring our church deeper into and how to have those relationships with indigenous folk. And so that's a thing for us to start considering is what that might look like for our church and how we take practice in and uh, take part in um, giving to what some of our ancestors may have taken um, so that we can build those relationships. I think there's a lesson in the scripture about how we accept gifts as well. Often it can be difficult to graciously accept what others wish to offer. There are times we want to reimburse them for what they've given out of their own hearts. I think what's important is to remember that giving these gifts can be a gift in itself. It leads to reconciliation. It leads to deeper community. And I think it's a sign of grace that we are offered. It helps us build towards that perfect world that Jesus said we were close to when he said, the of God is at hand. So I ask that you consider how you can give to this community so that we can move closer to that kingdom, so that we can show that grace, so that we can enjoy the gift of giving. I'd like to close with a poem by Sarah Eyre called East of Eden. Take a deep breath. And may these words wash over and through and around you. I live somewhere east of Eden. It is beautiful, but not complete. There are children that play and laugh and sing, music that moves me, sunsets that undo me. The spring is green, the rain is sweet, but that, this is not where we're meant to be. And we know that, but we're quick to forget. Because well-intentioned people can always slip. But I don't want to forget. I don't want to think that daisies in the sidewalk are the same as a garden. I don't want to believe a cup of tap water is the same as the ocean. I don't want to imagine that this is the way that racism and climate change are just part of the day. I don't want to forget that this, somewhere east of Eden, 
home that we've built is not the place we are meant to be. It's not the dream that we're meant to dream. So every night as I fall asleep, I pray, God, wake me up. A restoration plea. Don't let me confuse a little bit of rain for your downpour of grace or a little bit of progress for the end of the race. And until heaven's on earth, that's what I'll pray. Live somewhere east of Eden. Don't let me forget. Amen. <laughs>